Well, good afternoon. I am the Reverend Jay Glover. I'm here with my wife, Stephanie, and um, we pray for God's blessing for everyone listening in. Our topic today is how the resurrection of Jesus impacts our lives today. Tomorrow is Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. And Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday, um, it carries varying levels of significance for different people. For, For some, it's referred to as Easter. And for some, it's a Sunday that draws many people to church in observance on this special day. For some, the families gather together with festive activities and the sharing of a special meal. And for some, the the resurrection is at the core of the Christian faith tradition. But without the resurrection, Christianity would not fully articulate the justice, love, and mercy of God towards humanity. But Stephanie and I thought that it would be a good idea as we approach Easter tomorrow that we'd like to invite folks in to share their personal um, views of how the resurrected Christ is impacting their lives today through testimonies of of, uh, their own experiences or if you believe that there's um, even hope for resurrection in our society structure today. Can we be lifted as a, as a people, as a nation above the paralyzing grips of sin. So um, you stand now. The invitation is open to come in and join us as we talk about uh, the resurrected Christ and how we are moved and how we respond to his being resurrected. So I think it, we should back up first and just talk a little bit um, how we get to this Resurrection Sunday. First of all, we can't get to Easter Sunday without going through Good Friday. They say it's good, but it wasn't good on Friday. I tell you, it was it was terrible. It was, let's just back up a moment and, and, and restate what, what we should know, which is that Jesus, the ministry of Jesus was um, rejected by first century religious leaders. Um, Jesus was accused of blasphemy, of misinterpretation of the Torah. Uh, He was uh, accused of claiming to be the Messiah. And eventually, Jesus was arrested. He was arrested. He was tried and convicted and sentenced to death um, by the barbaric method of of capital punishment um, being crucifixion. So... You know, they, uh, they beat him all night long. They, they placed the, the thorns on his head and it caused him to bleed. And, and it was a horrible uh, situation for him. There was nothing good about it. Um, anyway, so as um, we know, Jesus died on that cross. And on the third day, he rose. God raised Jesus from the dead. And we are introduced to this resurrected Christ. One portion of scripture in the Bible, it comes from the Gospel of John. It tells us um, 
John, the 20th chapter in the 18th verse, it says that Mary Magdalene um, went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said some things to her. So this Mary Magdalene is the one uh, who is attributed as being one of the first people to witness the, the resurrected Christ. So I want to talk about her, but I want to also say that the resurrection of Christ was a historical event that changed life on earth forever. The resurrection of Christ um, remains, it stands as a witness, just as, just as Mary Magdalene was a witness to the other disciples that she saw Jesus. This resurrection of Jesus, the historical account, um, serves as, a, as an incorruptible witness to the, to the power, the mercy, the justice, and the love of God towards all of humanity. And for me, the most important thing is that this resurrection of Christ invites us all to a, a new life. So now, in the scripture that I read, we heard the account of Mary Magdalene saying, I have seen the Lord. And this was certainly for her uh, a hallelujah moment. But she didn't get to that hallelujah moment without first going through some, some things personally. And I'd like to just take a short moment to explore some of what we know about Mary Magdalene. Um, she was a brave and faithful woman who followed Jesus. Now, please remember that as we, as we are talking, um, I really want to invite you in to come and share how God has impacted your life, um, how the resurrected Christ is, is changing your life and still changing your life. I don't necessarily intend this to be a, pla a preaching platform for me, but I want to invite you in to join the conversation. So what do we know about Mary Magdalene? Uh, we have one guest already, so let's just listen in here and um, see what we have. And I welcome you to this platform, and thanks for coming in. Nate, how are you? Good. Uh, how are you, Reverend Jay? I am very good. Thank you so much for coming in. Awesome. No, I just uh, I just wanted to take a moment to uh, just say I appreciate uh, what you're talking about, um, and just to just to share, just to step out and and to say what the I mean what the resurrection means uh, means to me and how it's impacted me. And, and short answer is that it, it means everything. Um, uh, you know, I, I I'm a lifelong disciple, follower of Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, if if he did not raise from the dead, then everything that we're talking about is, is in vain. And so I, I go to um, real quick First uh, Corinthians 15, and we're talking through verses 12 through looks like uh, 17 where it says now Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead how do some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead mm -hmm. but if there is no resurrection of the dead not even Christ has been raised and if Christ has not been raised then our preaching is in vain your faith is also in vain Amen. and and going going with that it's talking about you know if 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 the dead are not raised, Christ hasn't been raised, and our faith is worthless, and we're supposed we are to be pitied among all people. Wow! But 
we have we, we have the faith that Jesus did rise from the dead and taking that a step farther in Romans 8 11 this is what's so powerful but if the spirit you know capital S here Holy Spirit but the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you so that's the that's the power of the resurrection is it validated who Jesus said he and claimed to be he claimed to be uh, God he claimed to be the son of God he claimed to be the resurrection and the life. So truly, the Good Friday yesterday, the, the crucifixion, the sacrifice of sin was the payment. The resurrection is the receipt. And I everything that I base my life upon, and it's all based, Jesus Christ is my foundation. Everything is based upon the resurrection because, like we just were saying, if he did not rise, you actually just said this a little bit, little bit ago, but if he didn't raise from the dead, then everything is, we're just doing this in vain. We are, we are, you know, just kind of spinning our wheels. And uh, we, you know, we could truly cherry pick every single ounce of religion out there and apply it to our lives and make ourselves, you know, quote unquote better. But uh, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it changes everything. So, Nate, let me ask you something. First of all, that was a wonderful um sure. Um, articulation of your faith. I, I want to ask you though, um, it was, you know, as they say, 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on that cross. Um, but I have a funny feeling that your life is still being changed today. So, how do you feel God's activity? Yes. How do you feel God's activity in your life is still molding and shaping you towards becoming more Christ like in this world? Oh, first off, wonderful question. I, I, I love it. So how is he doing those things? Well, um, we, so, so as soon as we put our trust and faith in Christ and him and him alone, we surrender to his lordship and we repented of our sins. You know, we have, we have been saved. We, that's, you know, we, as you probably well know, um, there may be people out there that don't know that's called justification. We are justified in the sight of God. And then from the moment that happens, to the moment we take our last breath, that is sanctification. So uh, we are we are to be sanctified, and, and the Greek word for to, to sanctify or sanctify means to advance in holiness or being separated for the purposes of God. And so so how? Well, we're supposed to increase in, in the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentle, gentleness, and self control. Mm-hmm. So um, so that really comes through the working of the word through the heart Amen. and we must be devoted to his word we must be devoted in prayer and we must be obedient to what god says because you know his will and his word are very very clear you just have to go in scripture to find it so i guess the to kind of wrap up that uh, question you asked and i really appreciate that question is you know god is doing a sanctifying work mm-hmm. uh, in us and you know it talks talks in philippians that he who began a good work in you um, we'll we'll go until it's until it's perfected. That's kind of a, a paraphrase, um, but he he began a good work in us, and that is the part where we have been justified. And then now we go through the refining process. We go through the pruning process. It talks about in John 15. So sometimes there's things that you know we have to be cut off uh, in our, in our lives. We have to give up. 
And mm-hmm. so we are we are to be called we are called to live as living sacrifices to God. And, mm-hmm. and that's just what we do. We we lay down our will for his. And I, I found the, the piece of scripture I was looking for. I, I God's word does uh, does more is more powerful than than I misquoted. <laughs> so, um, so Philippians <laughs> well uh, Philippians one uh, six says, "For I'm confident in this very thing that He talking about God who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus." So we are being perfected, and one of the main goals, uh, as I I, I don't want to hear uh, what you have to say uh, a lot more in detail, um, but. Uh, one of the things that we're the goal of a believer is to be conformed into the image of his son so um real quick to romans uh, 8 29 and 30 which is the one of the most beautiful chapters of all the bible is it says for those he foreknew he also predestined become to become excuse me conformed to the image of his son so that we would be the first firstborn among the brethren and these whom he we predestined he also called and those he called he justified and those he justified he glorified Amen. so so that's that's the goal of the believer so your the answer to your question is it's a lifelong sanctification process of becoming more holy as he is holy and to become con- conformed to the image of his son so what i really like that you said is you use two words justification and sanctification and the fact that the um it's a lifelong process. It's not like um, that you wake up in the morning, um, one minute you're out there in a the club, and the next minute you wake up and you're Mother Teresa all of a sudden. <laughs> but it's it's a lifelong right. process that um, that requires uh, that is a continual work, whereby we take we partake of the holiness of God, and our lives are changed and transformed um, for the better. Um, so you know that's all great. Um, and I love what you said. Uh, the, the, the crux of the matter is that God is still active. God is alive and he's active and still working with his hand on our lives today. Um, and, and, and I really thank you for coming in. I think I have somebody else waiting. I'm kind of new at, at this wisdom app, but I want you to come oh, back sure. on because I really want to hear more of what you got to say. Uh, anyway, um, um, you know, um, I appreciate it. When when we talk about all of this stuff, it's not only between us and God, though, that God is working for us to become more Christ-like, just between us and Him. But we're also to be a witness in this world, um, and and stand up for the things of God in this world. So, you know, it's not just about our relationship between us and God, but it's also how we serve humanity as well. Um, and hopefully this sanct- process of sanctification leads us and the, and the gifting of the Holy Spirit leads us to, to live our lives in a way that we can bring God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Um, so let me see now if I, if I have somebody else and we'll come right back. We'll see you later on. All right. Thank you for having me. Guest is joining. Guest is joining. I thank you guys for coming in because um, Jabari, good afternoon. Good afternoon. To God be the glory. Great things He has done, will do, and continues to do. 
Amen. So how, how the question today is how has this risen Christ impact our lives uh, today? Gave us hope. Um, hope for no re- again, again, no, no resurrection. There's no hope. There's no way of being justified or sanctified. Mm-hmm. We will just be here um, awaiting our final punishment. Um, as simple as that. Um, we know from Genesis 3 that the original sin was committed and that doomed all of us to damnation without a savior. Um, but thankfully, God already put a provision in there. Even back in Genesis 3, if we, if we go back to Genesis 3, verse 15, if I remember correctly, let me, let me put it up real quick. And it talks, and then you get the first, um, you get the first prophecy in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is, fulfill, is the fulfillment of that prophecy. Mm-hmm. So, be honest, there is nothing without him. There's no us, there's no church, there's no hope, there's no praise, there's no prayer that has a chance to get an answer without him doing what he did. He literally died, took the keys of death and hell away from Satan. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so Genesis, yeah, Genesis 3, 315 says, and I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Mm -hmm. So, when Jesus Christ came, him dying was his heel being bruised because he truly, you can't kill an eternal spirit. So the fact that that eternal spirit was inside of Jesus, mm-hmm. all Satan could do is bruise his heel. And in turn, he got his head what? Bust open to the white meat. <laughs> For lack of a better word. He said, hey, hold on. When you think about the history of what really happened, okay, so... We know that Satan was the was the key the key worship officer back in the day. Mm-hmm. He looked in the mirror, got the big head, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Say, hey, I need to be worshipped and praised. God said, uh, uh-uh. uh, it don't work like that. So he convinced a third of the the host of heaven to join his way. God said, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit said, not in my house, and kick them jokers down here to earth. Mm-hmm. Then God said, you know what? I'm going to raise up a creature lower than you to take your job. Mm-hmm. That was us. Satan, knowing this plan, said, you know what? I'm going to try to cut it off at the past. So that's what he did at the beginning of Genesis. Mm-hmm. He convinced them to rebel against God like he did. So now that's let me what? ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You told me about how the devil's head was busted wide open to the white man. Mm-hmm. And, and, and... I would lo- I would like to hear, since we know that Christ has risen and God is still active, how do you feel as though God is moving in your life today? Oh, every day that I wake up and I give Him glory and praise, I notice a difference. Um, like like the um the other um guests before me said mm-hmm. about the sanctification process, that yeah. day by day just getting closer and closer to him as you start to devote more and more to him. Yes. Now, doesn't mean there aren't bumps in the road. Doesn't mean that because we are human and unfortunately we do make mistakes. 
You kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> but but we also know that God allows us to make mistakes, and He can still make things right. We look at the man named David, mm-hmm. a man who who is in the Bible. God says is a man after His own heart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was a philanderer, an adulterer, and a murderer. Oh goodness. Hmm? Amen. You know what I find, but you know because I, he inclined himself towards God and he made mistakes, mm-hmm. he didn't wallow in his sin. He got up, mm-hmm. and as the prophet said, "Are you gonna righteous man falls down seven times, but he gets up seven times." Amen. Praise be to God. I, I had an opportunity to share from the seven sayings of Jesus from the cross last night, and that was my piece on on you know, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, and my. My, um, briefly, I'll just tell you that I, I work with some college students now. I'm a chaplain at a university, and um, I find that a lot of the Christian students and Bible-carrying adults have a hard time. Um, you know, you said God will pick us up, have a hard time accepting God's forgiveness for themselves. Yes. And, and, and it's tragic because, as you said, they wallow in their sin you, and they but, actually posture themselves to reject the grace of God. But but you know, do you know how bad it is when you don't accept God's forgiveness? Amen. It, it, that's a sin on top of a sin. Now, not only whatever sin that you had, now you commit the sin of idolatry because you believe that whatever you did is too big for God to forgive it. I love that. I love what you said. It's the sin of idolatry. Whenever you don't allow God to be who he is outside of who you think he's supposed to be, it becomes idolatry. Ooh. And when you when you resist the grace of God, you actually, you know, you can do it if you want. You can you can talk to the devil. You can reason with him. You can converse with him. But I don't recommend it. But um, um, if, <laughs> if you let the devil, he'll he'll take you by the hand like a false lover and take you to a place of despair and spiritual desolation. But you have the choice of trusting God. And you're right. All you have to do is read Proverbs talking about the contentious woman. And, you, and you'll see everything the devil does right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. Well, you know, um, God is working, certainly working in my life continuously. And, and, and you're the second person to come on and and I really like the fact that you said we do make mistakes. We all make mistakes, but it's important not to see the way out. I mean, we have lessons learned from our mistakes, but we yeah. cannot, should not, and I shall not wallow in my mistakes, in my shame, hey. guilt. You know? Hey, it, it just reminds me of that Donnie McClurkin song. You know, we fall down, but mm-hmm. we get up. That's we right. fall down, but we get up. Mm-hmm. For a sinner's just a sinner who fell down. Amen. But then got up. Sing it, brother. Sing it. Hey, about to, about to get, hey that's what it's all about. It's about accepting God for who he is. Just like when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in John 3, he said, Do not marvel that I said you must be born again. Mm hmm. Don't marvel it, because what happens when you marvel, you're trying to figure things out yourself. Mm-hmm. God is saying, accept, accept his truths at face value. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, um, I really like that, that a couple of things you said. You, you, you backed up with the first guest. You, you confirmed the justification and sanctification, and we all know that that's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that there is no hope without the resurrection. 
and and you said that you know very importantly said that we we make mistakes and and that if we don't accept God's grace it's a it's a it's another form of idolatry I really like that one um, so so you know um, thank you for coming in and and if you want to come back on feel free to come back on we're going to uh-huh. continue talking um, um, but, to, but to God be the glory you know I was on earlier this morning um, like I mean I'm every Saturday and Sunday at seven thirty in the morning Eastern uh-huh. mm-hmm. where are you yeah. from. Uh, I live here in Florida. Oh yeah, uh, Riviera Beach to be exact. Where, what um, beach? Riviera Beach. Oh, Riviera Beach. I got yeah, just north the West Palm there. Beach, bordering it. West Palm Beach. Yeah. Okay. North. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I go down there every once in a while. I go down to Vero Beach. Yeah, that, interesting. That's actually uh, at my job. That's where one of the offices, the other offices of my job, is at in Vero Beach. Okay, nice, 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 and very nice down there. Got a uh, hey, beach town. I, I go down there once in a while and, uh-huh. and visit some folks. Um, uh-huh. And um, to God be the glory. How's Great. the weather down there today? Florida. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so hot when I went down there last time that my I rented a car in the um, what do they call it the the um, Easy Pass melted off the windshield. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> All right. Well, well, listen. Thanks for coming on, and, and I hope that our cro- our paths cross again. Yeah, I, I think I I think I might click the button again. Okay, come on up, man. Come on up. Come on up. But, yeah, but God again to God be the glory. Great so things. when when we when you do come back, I want to talk a little bit about Mary Magdalene because I think that we can explore some things in her life, that her relationship with God, you know, um, and how uh, how um, she. Uh, how she there we go okay guess is trying it back all right so let me just say this about mary magdalene while um uh, jabari's coming back um we heard that you know she said i have seen the lord she reported this to the other disciples but let me just give you a little bit about her from the gospel huh from the Gospel of Luke in the 8th chapter, we know that Mary Magdalene had an encounter with Jesus. And she was delivered from the grips of seven demons who, who were cast out of her life by Jesus. So Mary Magdalene personally experienced the rescuing, saving, and the delivering power through Jesus the Christ. Then in the Gospel of Mark, um, it evidences that she showed her gratitude through her ministering to Christ along his ministerial journey on earth. She can actually contributed to his well-being and care because she loved him. Then the Gospel of John tells us that uh, it reveals her commitment to Christ because um, by her presence at the cross. And I, I must remind us all that when, when others fled in fear, confusion, and terror, Mary Magdalene was there near to the cross. She remained faithful and was a witness to his dreadful murder by crucifixion. Then the Gospel of Matthew tells us that it further articulates her loyalty to Christ um, by her presence at the tomb. It was at the tomb where, where she saw the stone first being rolled into place. And that, that stone was set in front of the tomb where the, where the beaten and bloodied, inhumanely tortured body of Jesus had been laid. Then in the Gospel of Mark, we see that she was the first person to whom the Christ appeared after his resurrection. Then 
in the Gospel of John, we see Mary, by the power of the Holy Ghost, standing as an incorruptible witness, she boldly proclaims to the rest of her disciples, I have seen the rest of the disciples, I have seen the Lord. So now we talked a little bit about Mary Magdalene. How do you think, Jabari, how do you think she felt um, going through all of that? Well, we don't, with our human experience, um, we often um, try to avoid the negative things and try to accentuate the positive. Mm -hmm. So that, again, and this goes back to what I was saying, we, if, and this is the reason why God has to treat us a certain way. Because we know if God laid out our path for our life in front of us, we would never walk down it. Because we would try to figure out, oh, we got to soften this, or I don't want to do that. But so God has to give us little bits and pieces at a time in order that we follow the path that we follow. So for Mary, it, she got bits and pieces, but by the time she got to Christ seeing her, she started to stop looking with her eyes and start to look with her heart so that she could see things that the others couldn't see beforehand. Mm -hmm. even, even though they walked with him for two and a half, three years. Mm -hmm. So that means her, her measure of faith has increased, and this is what it's all about, that mm -hmm. measure of faith. Well, you know, here's one thing, though. When she gets there, when she gets to the tomb, um, she, her imagination led her to believe that Jesus was taken from the tomb. She was suspicious that the authorities had removed the body of Jesus mm -hmm. for one reason or another. Now, imagine her, if you place yourself by her side, imagine her mental anguish over this missing body. Whatever the reason for taking the body was, if that was in fact what happened, um, it would be considered as a further act of disrespect against and, and violence against Jesus uh -huh. and his followers. So she runs back to, um, um, uh, she ran to the, uh, you know, she goes and she tells the disciples this and, and um, Peter and John, they, they run with a great sense of urgency to see for themselves what's going on, right? Uh, and of course, they go in and Jesus is not there. They find his clothes still there. But I can imagine Mary Magdalene being overwhelmed with grief, sorrow, and pain, and she can't. Yeah, she watched. She watched her Savior get tortured on the cross. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a uniquely human moment to see some somebody die in front of you. Something I've never experienced, but once before, sort of. Um, being that I work in the healthcare field, I had a lady just about died in front of me. She she not living for like another 10 minutes, but for all practical purposes, it was over at that point. Mm -hmm. But still, that's a uniquely, a unique experience, but not just for somebody, you know, to be without, you know, slowly losing their breath or something, but to watch blood come out of them, and mm -hmm. them a sweat, a crown of thorns, nails in their hands and their feet, up here on this cross, a tree, pole, whatever you want to call it. It still, mm -hmm. according to the Old Testament, was the worst death possible. So they said, because it was said, cursed is the man who hangs from a tree. Mm -hmm. And as she was standing there overwhelmed with this grief and sorrow, pain that she can't take anymore, then suddenly she encounters um, something unexpected, which is the fact that um, she's standing there crying and she sees these two angels in white seated where Jesus's body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. And they say, woman, why are you crying? And she said, they've taken my Lord away and I don't know where they put him. 
So they were certainly traumatized. Not only were they traumatized by the crucifixion, but now um, not only did they kill him, but in her mind, they've stolen his body. And uh, she, uh, she uh. still hasn't realized that, you know, listen, he told us that he was going to raise, be raised from the dead. But she was still in agony, hopelessness, and, and she was distraught. So it just added to the deep trauma that they were already experiencing. And it was another injustice against Jesus and his followers. What more would they do to Jesus even after he died? But then you know what happens next, right? In her greatest moment of sorrow, there was this divine intervention. The Bible tells us that she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. So now here's this. And and you got to tell me how you feel about this. Um, In her greatest moment of despair, Jesus shows up. Uh oh. She don't recognize him. Have you ever, uh, we can all ask ourselves the questions Have we ever been so distraught that we don't recognize God when he shows up? Um, I always, I always go to think about um, the, the little handwriting on the, the little wall, you know, saying you should always see on the, the walls footprints. Yeah. And, and that brings me there, you know, you know, suppose that you and you and Jesus are walking out after your life is over and you look back at your life, you see two sets of footprints, then for most of your life, but then every now and then you see one set of footprints and those correspond with the worst times of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And you turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, where were you at? I only see one set of footprints. Jesus mm-hmm. comes by and consoles you and says, in those times you only saw one set of footprints that was me carrying you. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So but this is what happened. She couldn't yeah. even recognize the miracle that she saw because of her her level of distraught at the time. Mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. And, and but you know, she that would understand when Jesus when Jesus showed us something. <laughs> yeah. Now, now we have we go through our own suffering today and our own way of being distraught and and in despair. And without hope, and some people, you know, we're under financial stress and, and all health conditions. There are all sorts of things, political tensions that can drive us into despair. But, you know, and all of this can distract us from God because we become disoriented, you know, mm-hmm. by our economic, political, and social suffering. And we also can be blinded by our trauma. Yeah, physical, emotional, mm-hmm. uh, mental. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up in ways that we don't expect. Mm. Now, I, li- I like how you say that. See, because in our in our puny little human minds, we can only expect God to show up a certain way because we can't comprehend his greatness. But we, we make that mistake because we, we forget what the proverb said, right? Mm-hmm. The proverb said that, that God... Oh Lord, Ooh, I can't even get into it. <laughs> that that even even the foolish things God does is greater than than man's. But God doesn't even do anything foolish. But the thing is, He operates in such a way that we can't comprehend. Mm. So we're trying to figure out how this goes mm. right back to Nicodemus. Mm. We looking for God to show up one particular way. Or to do one thing a certain way that I can understand, but God don't operate like that. Mm-hmm. He operates in a way that glorifies His holy name. If it ain't gonna glorify 
him, it ain't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna glorify things in the way that glorifies him, the way that leaves you with no possibility of saying, well, it could have been this or it could have been that. Oh, I'm coming right back to that. Okay, come on back in. Come on back in. Um, uh, Okay. All right. So, um, so the thing is this, you know, God moves in ways that we don't necessarily understand or expect. Um, Mary Magdalene, she was a faithful follower of Jesus, but her perception was distorted by grief and her pain. The, the unstopping flow of tears drained her emotionally, I'm sure. She was weakened physically by what she had witnessed, and she was unable to recognize Jesus because of her condition. She was overwhelmed by emotional, physical, spiritual pain and grief. I, you know, Jabari, I love this part of the story because um, it reminds me of my own life journey. You know, I put out a question to everybody, how, how is um, uh, God being active in your life today? My testimony is simply that, you know, back in the day, my storms of life were threatening. Uh, the winds of sorrow were blowing my way, and it was there that I met God and, and um, where I was at. I didn't meet him on the mountaintops of peace and happiness. He met me in the valley of despair, just as he Ooh. confronted Mary. Oh. Um, and he met Ooh. me with the same resurrecting power in his hand that he used to raise Jesus from the dead. It wasn't a different power. It wasn't a lesser power. It was the same, it was the same power. power. Hey. And he lifted me from my despair. So I have a funny feeling that I'm not the only one out here today hey. who's hey, been listen. lifted by the resurrecting power of God. Hey, and this is why we need to read, read our Bibles more. Like when we come and do our sh- the show every Saturday, I do it every Saturday, Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. um, NGY King does it Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we read the Psalms and the Proverbs every day. Mm-hmm. So we, of course, know the Psalms where it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Mm-hmm. See, we have to understand what the shadow of death is. The sh- a shadow is a threat. Because mm-hmm. so there's a shadow or something that means there's something big, something big enough to block the block out the light, right? Right. It's a threat though, but a threat that hasn't came to you. It's just a shadow. Like so understanding that it's just a shadow, the shadow doesn't have any power. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the shadow of death is what the, what all that Satan can offer us is shadow of death. That's because right. he can take this body, but he can't do nothing with our spirit. Right. If right. we're on the right side of eternity. Right. But that's that's the personal choice everybody has to make. So uh-huh. so now here's here's a, a little shadow that, that, that came over over Mary in this moment. Uh-huh. She was so deep in her in her you know in her pain and her, her suffering that um, Jesus decided to step in and bring some clarity to the moment. Mm-hmm. He, rede- he redirected her focus from her sorrow and he asked her, don't forget he shows up, she didn't recognize him. Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Now, now we got to remember something. Mm-hmm. Whenever Jesus asks a question, it ain't because he don't know the answer. That's a rhetorical question. Always. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I had a funny thing. I asked this guy, you know, he, we were talking about uh, the Garden of Eden and, and and I asked him, I knew he was going to give me the wrong answer. I just wanted to bring it out of him. He said, I said, 
why do you think God said, Adam, where art thou? And the guy told me, because he, Adam was lost in the bushes. He couldn't, God couldn't find him. <laughs> what you mean God couldn't find him? <laughs> You're challenging God at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so whenever Jesus asks a question, it's not for his awareness. It's for our own, right? Yeah, it's for you to be aware of what's going on. And, go ahead. So he said, I like how Tony Evans says, he said, uh, God was saying, like, Adam, where you at? Where you at? Yeah, yeah. God Adam. knows where you are. Right, exactly. Physically. So Jesus He even knows your mind in your heart. But he wants to see where, whether you perceive where you are. Yes. Yes. Jesus shows up and asks her, who is it that you are looking for? And the Bible says that thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him and I'll go get him. So she thought that Jesus was, in fact, the gardener and that had taken Jesus away. And she turned and Jesus called, then he calls her by her name. Jabari, has God ever called you by your name? <laughs> so she turned to him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbi, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Don't hold on me now. I have not yet ascended to the Father. So um, the question again is this with this story of Mary Magdalene and all of her suffering, the question is, you know, I point to, I'd like to point out her experience with God. This was the one, God was the one who rescued her and delivered her from this demonic possession, right? Uh -huh. And then she saw God killed. She saw Jesus killed and now he's risen. And she, she's the one who can say, not only have I seen him, not only have I experienced him in this life, but I've seen him after his death. He rose. A rose. So, so um, you know, again, the question is, um, how is the is the power of this resurrection moving in us today? Let me ask you a question, Jabari. Do you see that we have hope? And you know, uh, you said earlier that we don't have without Christ's resurrection, we don't have any hope. Do you believe that there's hope for society today in Christ? You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, it's not like God is going to do it all alone. He's not going to wave a magic uh, hand, of, a wave of his hand and eradicate evil from the face nope. of the earth. But he you know won. why? Yeah, you, know so why he did? you know why he don't? Right. Genesis 1.26 tells you that. He gave, the, he gave man dominion. So every, when God does anything, a move, he does it through man. That's the reason why Jesus had to come. That was one of the reasons why Jesus had to come. He had to come back and take dominion from Satan using a human. Mm -hmm. Because God is a king. And as we know from the Old Testament, if the king makes a decree, he can't take it out of the way. He has to um, do he, that, that whatever that must be done must be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So, so um, you know, one of my favorite prayers, this is what I'm getting at, this hope for society. One of my favorite prayers is what we call the Lord's Prayer, where it says, mm -hmm. um, thy will be done, will be done. as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. But God ain't going to do it alone. Nope. God wants us to partner with him as we work towards love, justice, and peace, and righteousness in this world. 
the the story of the resurrection is a story of of um, righteousness prevailing over evil and life prevailing over death in yep. Christ. So it is in Christ, as as God, the Spirit of God, works in and through us, that there is hope for betterment if humanity we can be resurrected above the paralyzing grips of racism and economic despair and everything else that challenges us in this world yeah to an, to an extent Let, let's look at it because we know that yes some things can be changed for the better but this world is going to pass we know that yeah this current system of things must pass away because it's been prophesied to pass away multiple places in the Bible. So this system is going to go. Now, however, while this system is dying, we are supposed to be living and living through him, allowing the light of Jesus to work through us so that we have fellow passengers that's on the ride to salvation with us. Mm-hmm. Do this? Do we supposed to help make this world be a better place? Absolutely. But we need to make sure hearts are a better place because we can't. I find this like the hard one. Um, and I when I came when I came to this conclusion, I even mentioned it last night when I was talking to my wife and my um, and my um, in laws, and she said hallelujah when I said this, right? So I, I, I was very even still now I'm still. Un, uh, very politically and economically inclined in terms of dealing with the injustices of of the economic and political systems. Right. But I came to a conclusion about three months ago mm-hmm. that I couldn't avoid, and, and that's what made me have to change change directions. The conclusion yeah. I came to is you can't change your mind until you change your heart, and you yeah. can't change your heart, so you need. For the light of Jesus to shine through you so he can do the heart changing. Right. All right, listen, now I got somebody who wants trying to come in, so let me let them in. All right, not a problem. God bless. God bless. Somebody's coming in. We got somebody coming in. We're talking about how the resurrection of Jesus impacts our lives today. Hello there, Brother Creed. Hey, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today, sir? I'm amazed, amazing, amazing, man. Having a slept in a little bit today. It's afternoon, and <laughs> I took the day off, kind of rested in the day a little bit, so I feel pretty good. Good, good for you. So, so the question today is how is this resurrection of Jesus impacting our lives individually and collectively today? Well, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, um, it's only impact, well, I know for me, for my word, it impact the same way it should always impact. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Jesus conquered death. Mm-hmm. And in that conquering of death, he took away that fear. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things that for me, the fear of death, the fear of um, um, the system doing something to me, the devil, you know, the spookiness of the devil and how he's going to kill me and hurt me and destroy me. That's not there no more because I remember the cross, and and also the cross represents me being covered by the blood, so um, it covers my shame and guilt. So also it takes away what the next person thinks about me. My ego's not there or nothing because hey, I know where I'm walking. And a lot of times we complicate simple things. We want to be Bible scholars and theologians and go to these scriptures and say who was wrong and who was right, but 
that takes you, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. It takes you away from the simple essence of love thy neighbors thyself, uh, thyself, believe in God, don't do don't do malicious deeds, and have intent where you don't need anything in return. God got you. And let him, and let him lead your paths. So, you know, I get on, I hear all these, you know, people read books of the Bible and they're, you know, they get coupled up and stuff and they try to interpret it and stuff. And all I keep saying to myself is, man will let you down every time. Mm. He, he will let you down every time. So am I supposed to sit here and listen to people explain their version of the way they think things to go and really entertain it mm. when God tells me not to? Mm. I guess everybody's a pastor. Everybody's a minister. Everybody touched the Bible. I'm not saying everybody. That's over-exaggerating. Right. But those that do. Mm-hmm. I don't even wonder anymore, but I know that man will let you down every time, and mm-hmm. things aren't always what it seems. And, you know, people have the drive and compassion and zeal to do it, but, it, you know, I, I don't have faith in man enough to know that they're in line with, with God. Like, you have to right. be in alignment. You have to follow the rules and regulations. I mean, I know how I feel. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, God ministers to me through so many different ways in my journey, and also through words to other people and stuff. But I also believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in Ephesians 1, predestined, elected for grace before the world began. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, that's my comforter. That's my guide. And Jesus made sure right before the intercessory prayer, he made sure he, uh, he explained that to us in detail. So we will not put our faith in me. Right. And though we have our guide, our comforter. I can pick little jewels from you here and there, and you know I'm sure you can pick jewels from me here and there. But don't put your stock in what I say, please. Well, you know I do like what you said. I like when you said that the, you know it takes away this resurrected Christ takes away your fear, your shame, and your guilt. And you yeah. know people have been saying that, and uh, you know that's been going on for a couple of days now. That you know it's been really speaking to me that some people are uh, stressing in their guilt and shame and, and they're resisting God's grace and mercy. I also like the fact that you said that, you know, you acknowledge the fact that people will let you down. And especially the, the, some of the crazy theologies and doctrines that are formed that people have come up with in this world. Um, so the best thing is certainly to, um, to read it for yourself. Right. And, and pray for yourself and let God speak to you directly to yourself. But it is important. It is important that we have developed some sort of system of um, of fellowship. Of course. Of course. You know, that because, you know, the Bible even tells us that iron sharpens iron. And yeah, like of course. You, said, you can you can grab some things from me and I can grab some things from you. And that is very important. But but being keep being wise and sober minded, as you sound. Um, um, realize that you know we all have our shortcomings, and God is the one who is the author of our faces, the the, the beginning and the end. And well, I can love you, and I can love you the right way. I mean, I'm not gonna love you regardless. You know what I'm saying? It's not that's not. What I'm saying though is that how can I put it? Um, when a lot of things are shared, like um, physical mentality things, like things if you walk operating from the if you if you operating from the spirit. Then it's it's a completely different thing. You're open to, you know, what I'm saying you're just more um, loving and open to your fellow brethren. But right. if you're operating from a carnal mind, and that means that you're walking from a working from an egotistic area, then no matter how the conversation go, if I say something that doesn't line up, it's going to get to a debate. Seem like so. I just stay in the spiritual realm. Love you for however you want. You know, what I'm saying from what I can. Be there for what I can and make sure I stay lined up with God and just figure out where he wants me to go on the journey. 
Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, let me, so let me ask you something. Um, uh, do you believe that there's any hope in, in society if enough people get hold of the love of God? That's not my pay. That's not. That's not my. Those are not my children. They're God's children. Mm-hmm. All I know is that when he, I, those that hear His name, no, those that know His voice will hear His name. Will be called. It's not on me if I, if He calls somebody and they don't hear His voice. Right. I'm too busy trying to. You know, what I'm saying if, if He leads me that way, then cool. I'm just being a walking testimony. I'm just not cursing. I'm not stealing. I'm not cheating. I'm coming non malicious. I roll my sleeves up to serve and wash feet. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm open for what I have. I can share. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a, you know, stuff like that. I don't, I'm only can do what I can do. You know what I'm saying? What God leads me to do. So mm-hmm. for those, so those around the world who um, like the witchcraft thing, who like the um, um, God is in self, I'm God in self. And you know, right. the Bible tells you don't look in self, look up, to, look up to heaven for him. But, you know, I don't know. If they want to do the self thing and they want to do it, I can teach myself to prosperity. I can teach myself to happiness. That's them. I mean, I could throw out there my little thing, but other than that, hey, those those that know his, that hears his, that knows his voice, will understand. And then after that, many are many are called, but few are chosen. I cannot. We're grown, but for all the grown folks out there, you know right. We know right from wrong sometimes, and we follow the rules and regulations of the Bible, and we can get on stage and be a chosen one. If we don't choose to do that, then we won't. Now, what I can do, I can. Um, get the chains of Satan released from people, you know, so I can put my hands on, I can pray from a distance, I can I can command the devil to flee from whatever. He's weak. He ain't got no dominion here. So if I come across your path, then we get that demon out of you and then we can walk towards Christ. I'll do that work, you know what I'm saying? But even then, you know what I'm saying, um, God may put a, put, he might have a sheer conscience, a reprobate mind. I'm going to sit here with you on the phone for an hour and try to change your mind and go to church when God already didn't give you a reprobate mind. But what can I do about that? Mm-hmm. That's his. That's his doings. Yeah. So well, we got my time. So and then we have one more thing. We have what they call and, and we have this um, thing where I know they do in, in, in social in, um, therapy. Some therapists, if we can't solve it in the one session, one time, it's like the godlike syndrome, where we feel like we can, you know, what I'm saying that we can change. If we don't change, the person it has something to do with us. But no, man, God got his own. He, he your child, not mine. Amen, got- amen. <laughs> and you know, sometimes that is a problem. You know, like, um, you know, I, I met somebody once. They told me that they were trying to be a witness to somebody and the person wasn't coming around. I said to her, I said, well, maybe you should stop trying to convert them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it sounds cold, but hey, I'm going by what my Bible says and how it's interpreted to to. You know, through me and through others. Now I'm listening. I can come. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not so naive that I think that God can use a donkey. God can use anybody to share a word with me. And also, um, I can, you know, through my vibes and, and the way I, the way I'm walking, I can sense, you know, what I'm saying what's what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. So, you know, what I'm saying I can do that. Well, Creed, listen, um, I, I appreciate your your transparency here today. I appreciate your input. I pray God's continue to grow you and shape you and speak to you directly into your mind and your heart and that you continue to walk your life in a life that's pleasing to God. Thank you, Jesus. And and God bless you, man. I really enjoyed you coming in. I hope that our paths cross again at some time in the future. I I, I don't hear all the time, but I do come on every, every I try to make it in once a week. 
and and um, you know this is a high busy season right now. Dude. Yes, it is. High holy days, and um, but so far I've been enjoying talking to everybody who's come on. Thank you, Jesus. It's important. It's important. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for the technology. COVID, you know, put a thing on us as far as separating, but we're separated, but we're still together in faith, right? Oh, we're together because you can. It's, you can. Re, you, I can reach you spiritually, but I can reach you physically. My love can go across waters. My giving and deeds can go across waters. My physical body cannot necessarily. So love conquers all, brother. Okay. Thanks for coming in, man. I'm going to let somebody else in here now. That's right. Bye-bye. God bless. Somebody's coming in. We're talking about how the resurrection of Jesus impacts our lives today. And who do we have? Chef Amos. Uh, how's it going, guys? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, well, I can speak personally. At, at first off, I'll just put this out there. Um, I'm. Uh, you're actually speaking with a Mormon, so. Um, oh, God bless you. Yeah, I, I actually was baptized in February, and you know, I don't have all the time because I go in at uh, two for work, so I, I can't even use up my nine minutes. But I did want to personally share um, from experience. You know, ever since my baptism, which is a representation of the resurrection. Yes, it is. Um, I feel like God has been teaching me um, to grow in strength and stature and you know if anything about the resurrection you know that song at the cross I love that hymn it's like, at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away you know wait a minute now wait a minute now you said you was a Mormon but you sing like a Baptist <laughs> well, listen. We've got people in there that sing country, so I mean, we yeah, real Mormons. We, we sing the hymns um, like that, and the hymns that we sing because it is so sacred. And there, you know, there is something to be said of it when we go singing those hymns. Um, it is, you know, just slow, steady. Uh, it, there's just this presence that can't be explained. You know, we have the sacrament and everything. It's beautiful. Um, and what I would say is, you know, the resurrection. Um, I was actually talking to sister missionaries about this Thursday. Um, our schedules are both so busy that, you know, the only time we had was to get on Messenger. But it was sweet um, because they said, you know, we love what you're what you're doing because they asked, you know, what is something that you want to do to Make the resurrection, you know, real in your life and commemorate and make Jesus feel special. You know, because if you think about it, Easter is, you know, Jesus is, you know, it's kind of like his Father's Day. You know, his, his birthday's on Christmas. Uh, Easter, the, you know, Father's, because that's when he became our true father. You know, he took on our sins and nobody knew he was going to rise, even though mm-hmm. he said it. But we were thinking of the temple. It wasn't actually, you know, he, uh, you know. That, that's what struck me, you know, whenever my dad pointed out to me is when it says that he was going to um, tear the temple down in three day, days and then rise it back up again. 
Uh Um, It just hit me. Oh, okay. He's talking about physically, but he's also going to die. But he's going to rise again. And I just think a lot of times in our lives, if we just concentrate on the resurrection, the only way Jesus was able to rise or to get that uh, heavenly access is because he was willing to die for sins. If Jesus was willing to die for sins, i.e. our sins, if we want to move forward with God, the resurrection could show us that we have to die to our personal sins. We have to give it to Jesus in order for God to move us forward in our lives. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I hate that I have to hop off here, but I need to go clock in. But anyways, just wanted to share that. And since my baptism, uh, you know, I'm just so thankful to God. And, um, you know, I guess I'll just leave it at that. So, you know, be willing to die uh, for certain things if you want God to raise you up in others, you know. Hey, listen, uh, man, I appreciate that. And the question that you raise is, are we willing to yield ourselves to the dying of our own self-interest and let God be Lord of our lives? That's wonderful. Amen. Thanks, buddy. Sorry, I can't use the other five minutes, but I I don't want to be late. So see you again. Don't lose your time. All right, God bless you you. again. Mm -hmm. Jabari's coming back in. There he is. Well, that was. I did the glory. Man, um, yeah, Creed. I've seen him. Um, he showed up. Um, on on the shows that. I've done it before, um, and um, also um, NGY King, who I was telling you about earlier. Yeah, very, very, yeah, great testimony, uh, definitely in that word. And that's one of the things that I want to speak on is it's very important that to understand the truth, the resurrection of Jesus, you can't hear about it. You need to get in the word and read about it yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't experience the resurrection of Jesus based on hearsay. Right. You have to find out about it yourself. Right. And the only way you're gonna find out about it yourself is to experience it through his word and be to experience it through his spirit. Absolutely. Because he say you have to worship him in what spirit and in truth. That's truth right. The word. That's right. So oh. you can't get this from a minister, you can't get it from a preacher, you can't get it from a prophet. This is something you got to get yourself. Amen. The word, you know, I, I, I had the opportunity to talk last night on from the seven last sayings of Jesus. And, you know, I said that um, one of the things I said that if we can't embrace God's forgiveness for ourselves and, and, and we can't and we struggle with in, in extending it to others, we certainly might have a problem explaining it to others. Something you haven't experienced for yourself. And, and, and you know, I told him that you know when it when they do meet somebody who's 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 in trouble in life um they they don't have to recall what the tv preacher said they can go straight to the bible and there's everything that you need is right there for you he said he'll bring it back to our remembrance yes that's right it's right there so you don't have to try to be slick about it and, and come up with all this stuff that you hear on tv just go right to the text for yourself and, and let them hear it for themselves but the, the, the key, what the scripture says, he'll help bring it to your remembrance. You got to first know it, though. Right. <laughs> the only way you're going to know it is to meet, is meet that man in this book. We better, we better be Genesis 1. Amen. A lot, of people don't, a lot of people just started understanding it. And I was one of them, too. I didn't understand, start understanding it 
until maybe about a year ago, the actual depths of it, where Jesus is found in Genesis 1 and all the way to the end of Revelations. He's mm -hmm. in every verse of the book. Because then mm -hmm. I start to understand that mm -hmm. Jesus is the manifestation of God when he speaks to humans. Amen. So when you, when a self the times when you just heard people just say messenger in the Bible, but God spoke. That was that was Jesus, because that he's always been our mouthpiece. He's always been the reconnection. To, he's been our connection to God, and that's mm -hmm. why he came to die to reestablish that connection. Because once we sit in that garden, we need to be reconnected again. The mm -hmm. king, our king, decreed that if you sin. You lose connection with him. That's what death is. Mm -hmm. The illegitimate connection of a relationship. So when you mm -hmm. sin, you lose connection with your creator. Mm -hmm. But thanks oh. be to God. Thanks be to God. We got a way back through Christ. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he died and made he, uh, mm -hmm. the song. You made a way. Yes, you did. So the resurrection, the resurrection then empowers us to reject the power of sin and death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you accept it, if you if you accept it, <laughs> you're rejected. Amen, amen, amen. I'm telling you, and who you reject, he gonna reject Satan for you on your behalf, and then ask you to submit yourselves as a living sacrifice, holding us up to God for His reasonable service. Mm -hmm. So then that gets you away from yourself. Oh, but then, uh, uh, oof. I start thinking about that's that Romans chapter twelve though. Mm. You got you have to actually read you have to read that verse by verse and you see how it goes on with how this resurrection impacted us. You know mm -hmm. it says first I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable God which is your reasonable service mm -hmm. because Jesus died for us we should at least die for die to ourselves and serve mm -hmm. Him right. Mm -hmm. Step one. Step two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, uh, hold, hold it right there. So, well, what, what do you think it means when it says be um, not conformed to this world? <laughs> that means you have to change your mindset. And like I said earlier, I, I had to change things around when I understand you can't change your mindset until you change your heart set. Mm -hmm. So yeah. in order for your mind to be renewed, your heart must be cleansed, like like Jesus said. He'll take that that heart of stone out and give you a heart of flesh. Mm -hmm. So you got so, to get so so you know we live in a world that is um, is the dominant narrative, or a lot of it is 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 you know um, ideologies of that of power and corruption and exploitation of the poor. And racism and, and inequality and and greed. All, all the things that he, that was spoke against in, in the Proverbs. Mm -hmm. I just think that it's important for us to name these things. You yes. know, there's, there's, there's policies in place, there are political policies in place that cause other pe people to be exploited in the way that other people are not exploited. And it's important that we name these things so that... Oh, okay. Oh, let's start naming them. Redlining. Yeah. That's one. Come on, uh, bro. Let's start naming um, um, 10, 20 life laws. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What else? Um, well, we know all uh, institutional racism. Yeah. Um, 
I know you, you'll find a lot of Christians decrying critical race theory and don't even mm-hmm. know what it is. Right. <laughs> critical race theory is a is a graduate level topic. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's important to understand in terms of recognizing, but you do need to understand what the problem is. And critical race theory is correct. The problem is the institution. The institution mm-hmm. is the problem because man creates the institutions and man is fallible. He make man makes mistakes. Man has fallen. So mm-hmm. every institution that man makes that is not made by God is a corrupt institution. Right. The police are corrupt. The government's mm-hmm. corrupt. The corporations are corrupt. Mm-hmm. And if your church ain't up under the up under God, your church is corrupt too. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And judgment begins in the house of the Lord. You know? Yes, it do. So, you know, um, I, I just think that I, I asked you that question to, to name some of these things because sometimes we get we get so heavenly minded that we know earthly is. We have to be careful with that, even that expression there. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as being so heavenly minded as you earth for the good. That means that's people who put it on the form of righteousness that lack, lack power, as the Bible says. They have that fake righteousness. Mm-hmm. But if you're truly righteous, it's going to be some power with it. Yeah. And, well, the thing and is. And therefore, that- those people, the people who, they're going to be so heavenly, right, heavenly minded that they're going to be all kind of earth for the good. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing, the thing, what I'm, what I'm getting at is that we can't, you know, listen, when we serve God, we also serve God through our service to humanity. Absolutely. Jesus said that whoever you do for the least, you do it in my name. Amen. So what, what I take that to mean is that we can't step over the poor. We can't step over the homeless. We can't. In fact, we we have to do more than not just step over them. We must help them. We must help them spiritually. And, and physically, because the way the world operates, it, when people don't have the love of Christ in them yet, they right. don't know by you just talking to them and saying, oh, God is good, God is great. No. You have to exhibit mm-hmm. that love. You have to mm-hmm. exhibit it. Feed the homeless. Mm-hmm. Clo- clothe the man without clothing. Mm-hmm. Feed the person who's hungry. Amen. Give that homeless man some shelter or work together with somebody to give them shelter. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of churches get it mixed up. If you want to see what the church really supposed to be, we you just need to go to Acts, the end of Acts 2 and the end of Acts 4. Mm-hmm. And that's how the church is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm going to um, j- get ready to jump off of here. I want to, again, thank you for coming in. I'm but just going to be uh, and I hope that again. I hope that our our paths cross. Uh, maybe sometime next week, I'll probably try to come on here. I'll try to pick a regular time that I can come around and find out when you. When did you say you on, Jabari? Um, I'm on my every Saturday and Sunday at 7:30 a.m. Eastern. All right. Well, well, you know, God bless you, and I, I hope that we get to talk again. Yeah. And um, and uh, I'm just going to close this thing out, and I, I'll hear from you soon. So what, what you going up? You going with Jude twenty four twenty five, um, Psalm <laughs> Psalm seven eight, um, or you want to go with um, the oh, um, oh Lord, I strength, our redeemer from another part of Psalms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jabari, listen, thanks for coming on, man. That was wonderful. I'm just gonna close out by saying that um, we have hope. I have hope for for a brighter tomorrow because I believe that God is going to speak 
to the hearts of more people and more people are going to jump on board and try to work towards justice, love, and peace, even in this world, so that God's will can be done on this earth as it is in heaven. So the resurrection empowers us to reject the power of sin and death. The resurrection affords us the ability to, to be um, reconciled and be in right standing with God and others. The, the resurrection enables the reordering of our values. As Jabari said, that we be not conformed to this world. And it enables us to impact and bring change to societal structure. The resurrection restores and uncovers the image of God in us and claims victory for us over the sin imposed upon us. The resurrection grants us our human dignity as a gift from God. And we who were dehumanized, outcast, and marginalized are rehumanized with dignity from on high. But you don't get to this resurrection without the dying. You don't get to, to Easter before Good Friday. You don't get to the hallelujah moment before uh, without going through some stuff. So the question today for us also becomes not, not only is uh, how does the resurrection impact our lives, but are we willing to yield ourselves to, um, as the, the chef said, um, are we to the dying of self-interest and let God be Lord of our lives? Uh, are we willing to let God resurrect us from complacency and disordered comforts? Will we allow our dying to idolatrous attachments in our lives? Will we allow that? I'm talking about those things in our lives that we place, we put a value before and above God. If we're willing to die to the corrupting influences in this world, then, and, and if we are willing to stand up for justice and peace, then we can celebrate the resurrecting power of God with great relevancy on this Easter and beyond. So I want to thank you for all listening in. Um, and please um, catch me next time, and, and I'll be delighted to hear from you. God bless you as you journey on towards this Easter celebration, and I'll see you again. Thank you.